In the third millennium BC, someone put up a bunch of big rocks in England. They called it Stonehenge. Who built it? Was it aliens? According to Britannica.com, Stonehenge was not built by aliens. The strongest evidence suggests that it was constructed by Mesolithic hunter-gatherers. But this explanation only raises another question, and this is the third strongest podcast. Previously on Third Strongest Podcast. Uh, a bunch of people got kidnapped. Or I guess we don't know a bunch of people got kidnapped. At least one person got kidnapped. At least, at least a single people. person. Do we know that well, a second person yeah, got kidnapped? Yeah, at least one person. Yeah. The person we Apple were on the kid. phone with. Apple mm-hmm. kid was kidnapped. Presumably. We should probably go find out for certain. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we should do. So what I did was I teleported to Winter's. How'd you teleport to Winners? I used teleport beta. Okay. Have you ever tried to teleport alpha out of Tenda Village? No. It's possible, but it took me like a good 10 minutes to get the the motions correct to not crash because you're in a tiny little confined area. Yeah, I... um, I do once in a while try to do the like teleport alpha out of a confined space but i don't find it very fun and i blame it on the game being unresponsive it's not my skill that's the problem if you say so okay continue though you, I go, you go to winters teleport to winters i go into the shop i am like oh yeah the t-rex bat i notice that the t-rex bat is not as good as the bat that i currently have whatever that hmm. is i didn't equip the casey bat so I withdraw a ton of money in Winters, teleport to Deep Darkness to that guy who's selling those all that really expensive stuff. And now I can buy his stuff without having to withdraw money from the exorbitant fee breathing straw guy. <laughs> then I, okay, I've got all my stuff. Then I teleport to Summers because I, I got it confused with Winters. And then I like, I, so just because I'm there, I check the shop in summers to make sure there isn't anything that I should equip there. There's not. So I deposit all my money. I now have, or at this point, I'm very, very close to having a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. And then I teleport to winters and catch up with you guys. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. Uh, Maxwell is out here now. Uh, oh, yeah. who is there to tell you that Tony was kidnapped. Remember Tony? Of course. Yeah. So that's two kidnappings. And the monkey's wife is there. And she's like, my husband is uh, hanging out by Lake Tess. She says, it's me again, that chewing gum monkey's wife. Which I like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we just have to do the entire winter segment over again. Mm. Indeed. But it's different. Yeah. There are a whole bunch of new monsters here that are uh, pretty tough. Yeah, it's they're eerier, uh, yeah. too. They're not just goats. They're, they're like, more aliens. You've got the, like, Mook Senior. Is that what it is? It's not a lesser Mook. What is it? I think you're right. It's the red one, Mook Senior. And um, Wooly Shamblers. Mm, those are weird. Those are so... <laughs> and what else 
is here. I believe there are also some manner of Octobot and the nuclear power robot is here, I think. The nuclear power robot is here already? I thought we didn't get it till Oh, later. maybe not. Okay. Yeah. I can pull up a list. Not on this I don't remember it being server. so much like robot guys out here. It seems like they save the robots for inside Stonehenge. But I'll just fill dead air until you find... Well, I'm having a hard time getting it because uh, web browsers are bad. That's not true, Zach. Web browsers are good, and you are the one who is bad at browsing them. Oh, the Whirling Robos here. So, no, here we, oh, okay. just, we have Lesser Mooks, Whirling Robos, and Wooly Shamblers. Uh, yes. All and no, um, no variation on UFOs here no. for a reason. Even though what we're trying to do is set up uh, the alien invasion vibe has mm. found its way to winters. Well, they're not UFOs, but they are strange. They do seem alien. Yeah, I guess it's not clear what where these things are coming from. Yeah, I don't know what a woolly shambler is. I mean, is it looks it? like an alien. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Uh, the Yeah, the game is never really like... It never really insists that the, you know, the idea of the main conflict of this game being an alien invasion, the like marketing was really big into that idea. Mm -hmm. But as far as the game is concerned, the weird monsters that Gygus employs, they might be from outer space or they might be just from nowhere i guess the fact that some of the aliens or some of the monsters are explicitly ufos is part of that equation mm. i don't know can we can we analyze this does the game sufficiently like make the case that the threat is extraterrestrial in nature well i, I think, think with, so yeah the promise of the intro of the game and the the beginning yeah. being a meteor and stuff like that there is a well, weird, there's a weird disconnect where we have the intro to the game that shows like the War of the Worlds, like giant UFOs striking, and the implication of you like giant UFOs being around there. But the only like true UFOs we see are these little cute things that yeah. are little enemies. Um, but you know we see the mooks and we see their robots and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, the mooks presence here is good because we previously like talked to one yeah who was like a lieutenant of some kind hmm. and like now a bunch of these guys are around and that sells the idea of them being a cohesive force more than some of the other stuff we've seen hmm. the game never uses the word alien okay and it doesn't really talk about like outer space it doesn't use the word outer at least according to this text huh. dump um so like yeah, I, like it, it. I think critically, it never says that Gygus is from outer space, unless I'm like missing something. Um, although, like, w the game talks about UFOs all the time, but it doesn't really explicitly say that these UR UFOs are from outer space and they could be manufactured on Earth. They might be even bound to the planet Earth <laughs> and unable to travel through space. The only thing I can think of is them calling 
Gygus, the Universal Cosmic Destroyer, at some point. But, like, that Mm. doesn't necessarily imply extraterrestrial origin anyways. No. Um, And, like, when we get to Gygus, the... It's not depicted in a, in like a, I'm from outer space way. Hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's too bad that we don't have the answer yet to what this game is trying to say. There is a point when they say there are invaders from beyond space and time. Oh yeah? In the hieroglyphs. Okay. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's something greater than aliens something a it, little it farther removed like a cthulhu kind of thing mm-hmm. i wonder if there you can like draw the line because we've been able to make a case that uh twin peaks was like something that the people making this game definitely knew about mm-hmm. i wonder if you could make a case that lovecraft or cosmic horror was something that they we're actually thinking about or if that's you know because i wouldn't want to interpret it through that lens if i couldn't find (laughs) any evidence that they were creating it through that lens Mm -hmm. i don't know it's interesting because like you know earthbound zero explicitly does the stuff that we're looking for here Mm. it has a giant mothership and it has gigas represented by like a weird alien guy Mm. but They've excised that here. Whether that's intentional or not, they have chosen to, like, keep the aesthetic of an alien invasion without actually really doubling down on it being a true alien invasion. And they're more just kind of a regular, like, evil faction. And that could be—it could be because they think that we'll take it for granted that it's aliens— I think that probably a lot of players do take that yeah. for granted, and yeah. we're reading it more into it than most people do. Oh yeah, but I, I still it think could it's also aliens. be a. <laughs> <laughs> to it be could clear. also be like intentional that they don't want it. Like something about saying that it's from outer space, they're not. They specifically don't want to do that. So anyway, there are some. Let's tag these enemies with alien, kind of tentatively. Yeah. Um, there are some aliens in winters where there used to be goats. Where are the goats? And, yeah, where are the goats? You know, when did I talk on this podcast about backtracking before? Mm. When did we actually have to do backtracking? We did backtrack through Threed. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. I feel like this this part of the game here might be part of why I like backtracking in games. Mm. Because you are rehashing you're reusing the same place but the addition of these new enemies tells the story of what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. this place used to be way out on the edge of the earth um this obscure country where a kid escapes from a boarding school but now the conflict with gygus that you know was localized to eagleland before or at least hadn't reached winters before now has reached winters and uh it's you know bedlam over here yeah yeah it's an effective thing to do where it's like you go back to somewhere and now time has changed and progressed and now it's more dangerous here yeah it's very effective. classic classic rpg thing well yeah it is a classic rpg thing because there's also the mechanical 
concern of we better not show you the same enemies as before. Like one one line of thought is we can't show you we can't make you fight those weak enemies again because you're stronger. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an idea that like, well, everywhere else in the game, you have to put stronger and stronger enemies in front of the player. Um, But like they the game shouldn't be scaling to your level in that way unless there is some story reason to go along with that for why there are stronger enemies Mm -hmm. it would be really dumb if you came back to winters and there were goats that were level 50 to because you're level 50 Mm, yeah yeah it's not that kind of game yeah yeah this is more elegant we can make our way oh good there's a tent that we've visited before yeah there's a guy uh who will give us soup which is like staying in a hotel and it was now that Jeff finally fixed the broken bazooka, and I got the heavy bazooka. Let's go! Nice. And I thought it was going to be an equipable weapon. Uh, <laughs> nope. Yeah. No. Why does he... He has some that are equipable and some that are just in his backpack or something. It's interesting. I think it comes down to, like, Jeff's mechanical personality is using items in cool ways. Uh-huh. Um. He has items instead of psychic powers, and so he gets this, like, rocket launcher type of bazooka that uh, acts like a bomb in that it has splash damage. Mm. Yeah. Mechanically, it's just, like, infinite super bombs, basically. And it it's infinite? You don't run out of it? Yeah. Ammo eventually? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to use it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, it's great. It's you kind of don't need to regular attack ever unless it's like a single enemy. It's fantastic. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, I really underutilized Jeff for most of my life. Wow. The problem is, is there's just so many different items that, like, yeah, you're never yeah. gonna have. There's not enough game in Earthbound to sit there and experiment with every single one of these tools to figure out what's good and it's not like even where in a more mechanically complex or longer game you might design encounters where hey you know that one tool that's not really Mm -hmm. useful well if you have it in this fight it actually makes that fight way easier um that just doesn't happen here because this is not that kind of complex game i mean Mm-hmm. Even when I th- figured out what the heavy bazooka does, although I still wondered or was kind of assuming that it had limited ammunition, I wouldn't use it when there were only two enemies in an encounter. Hmm. And it kind of it doesn't really shine unless you have a lot of enemies in an encounter, which you normally don't do in this game. It's also kind of Which, wild that he's using a heavy bazooka. Just like picturing that is kind of extreme. That is cool. <laughs> um, cool, maybe. Is bazooka a term that has been left behind in the 90s? I feel like... I think so. It's kind of a 90s thing to talk about bazookas yeah. as opposed to rocket launchers. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know when the culture shifted on this, but I feel like it shifted <laughs> on this. I think that like... The military said, you know, that's kind of a stupid sounding word. We're going to call them rocket launchers. (laughs) And uh, but like kids and people who are just making up goofy stuff for 
you know, games were like bazooka. Bazooka. It's fun to say. It's extremely fun to say the word bazooka. <laughs> That's so true. Mm. We can make our way back to the Tessie Hunters Club. Those guys. My guys. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk to somebody who says that Sebastian Chum was kidnapped. Not Sebastian. Some, that the 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 line read with Chum on there always gets <laughs> yes. me. Yes. This could well, have been a really dull, flavorless piece of text, but instead it's got just enough spice on it that I'm like, yeah, this is this is a very mm-hmm. well localized game. The thing is, it could be Sebastian was kidnapped, Chum. And that wouldn't be as good. Mm-hmm. Even though that's the way, or closer to the way that uh, we Americans talk. Putting Chum in the middle of the sentence, Sebastian Chum was kidnapped, uh, <laughs> is what makes the the sentence be in a British accent in your head. It's amazing. Yeah. This is the most British winners ever gets. It's great. It's more British than Stonehenge somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and several other Tessie hunters talk about Sebastian. You get it in your head that Sebastian is the one who was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And the the one who doesn't mention his name uh, says, I finally saw Tessie. It's like seeing a UFO. It emerged <laughs> from the lake and flew towards Stonehenge. It kidnapped one of my friends along the way. <laughs> so you realize that the guy is talking about uh, a UFO. And not really Tessie, mm. but um, again, let's get really knee deep in the specific language. The sentence, it's like seeing a UFO, is critical to the joke. Because if you phrase that any other way, you're kind of giving away too fast that it's not really Tessie in this thing. And it mm. actually is a UFO. Um, it's like seeing a UFO. It's like, because... It expresses that the experience had some of the character, like my emotional reaction was as if I had seen the UFO. And then you can drop the needle much later uh, when you say flew towards Stonehenge. It's a, a, a really well-written line. What mm-hmm. a what a time to be alive in <laughs> Winter's Part 3. There's one here. There's a fella here. Uh, who says another haiku? Is this the second or third haiku we've seen in the game? Hmm. I think second. Okay. Uh, he says, where are you, my friend? They came and took you away. Come back, Sebastian. And then points out that it's a haiku. <laughs> um, He's having they... a little fun with the kidnapping. Um, I'm going to spoil this because there's no way we'll get to it later. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> In the text dump, I'm now seeing that the same guy says, I waited for you. I'm glad to see you again. You're back, Sebastian. I just love making haiku. (laughs) So that's the third haiku in the game. Mm. And that's fun. It is a fun time. What a great bunch of guys, these Tessie watchers. Yeah. Uh, We can talk to Bubble Monkey, who already has bubblegum, so you did not need to bring another pack of gum. Uh, then we go across the river again. And you don't have to, like, wait for the wind to be blowing right. Like, as soon as the monkey starts the process, then the Tessie wind begins to blow. Yeah. And then you fly, mm. yeah, you get on Tessie and you float across again. And it, um, this is the part that um, made me start getting 
really excited about backtracking because all we're doing is the Tessie ride again. But again, these these travel moments give you a chance to reflect on the journey. Mm. And specifically here, the Tessie moment, the Tessie ride is like, oh, yeah, I did this before. I was so much weaker then. It was just Jeff by himself. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all of that. And you have to realize that all that time has passed and all that adventuring has taken place that you don't notice if you're just adventuring all the time. Putting you back in this old context brings everything else into sharper focus. And I think backtracking in video games can be so, so effective if you are able to read a video game as telling a story and I think when people complain about backtracking, it's like as if in Super Mario Brothers, it had you play World 1-1 again for no reason. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, I already did this. But like in a game with more complexity, backtracking can tell you stuff. It's it's cool. Yeah. Also, this is a cool part of the game the first time. So it's fun yes. to see it again. I love this music. Yeah. And you get to see uh, Brick Road's dungeon again. Especially if you didn't bring, yes. Show of of hands, who forgot the pencil eraser? (laughs) I had actually been here before and already got rid of the pencil statue. Oh, nice. Wait, how'd you do that? With the pencil eraser. (laughs) What did you, what did, wait, so when, why, what? I don't remember. Uh, I feel like there was a point where... I mentioned going back and talking to the monkey's wife and she had something interesting to say. When was that? You don't have to do it, but I did it for some reason. You went back to Winter's... Did you just go through the dungeon from the lab to Brick Road's dungeon? Did you just go back through the uh, rainy... uh, Maybe, yeah. Rainy Circle Cave? I know that there was because a point where I went back to the store and Are you able to ride Tessie again this before this? Oh, then maybe you did ride Tessie again. It, uh, I don't think so. I didn't know that was allowed. Hmm. Yeah, I must not. Yeah, I must not have. Yeah, it must have been going backwards. And then, um, hmm, how did that happen? <laughs> That's very strange, Sarah. Yeah, because there's I'm no other option you. to just. You can't just ride Tessie whenever you want. Uh, maybe you can. We don't know that. No, we don't. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> playing it this time, I thought, surely the case is um, Tessie comes back for this, and then Tessie must be accessible all the rest of the time, for the rest of the game after this, because otherwise you wouldn't, like, if you rode Tessie here and then teleported to Summers and then teleported mm-hmm. back to Winters, you'd need to ride Tessie again to get to Stonehenge. I think it must have been before going to summers it must have been that i just backtracked it sounds like you probably just went twice you both backtracked through the cave one time and then also did teleport back to talk to the monkey's wife yeah yeah i think so you've made many trips to winters yeah i forgot about the whole tessie part of that (laughs) that that, that would get in the way (sighs) it's hard to navigate most of the time in winters uh, I remembered the pencil eraser. I pulled it out before I came here, so Good I did not job. did not go back through the dungeon. I'd be inefficient. I like the dungeon. It's yeah, a good dungeon. It's, 
fun to go back through, revisit that as well. Uh, then can. you go through Rainy Circle Dungeon again, and here they don't add new enemies, which, I mean, is probably not a big deal. And it was probably done out of laziness, but I think it contributes to the storytelling um, to... Like, well, I, I guess every part of it adds up to the story. What enemies you encounter in each place is what tells the story of Earthbound, which is, after all, a game about fighting monsters. Hmm. Then you get to Stonehenge. And maybe, if you're impatient, you crawl down into the hole in the middle of Stonehenge, which they depict as... Such an unassuming sprite mm. that doesn't even look like a hole to me. It always looks like a pitcher's mound. Yeah. Like an anthill or something. Yeah. And you climb down in there and there's like a normal cave. And then there's a scary neon cave mm -hmm. where there's a giant iron eraser. And you can see this very early in the game. You can see this when you're Jeff on your way to the lab. And it kind of... I don't want to, it doesn't spoil the joke that you'll eventually get the eraser eraser. It's it, it, the, the pencil eraser 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 joke is convoluted <laughs> uh, because yeah, you can see the eraser earlier and you'll say, Oh, I'll get an eraser eraser eventually. And then play 10 more hours of the game and then forget all about it. Mm -hmm. And then when Apple kid says he has the eraser eraser, well, good. I better go get that. But you don't have it now. And if AppleKid has the eraser eraser and AppleKid is in Stonehenge, because remember, we know from that Tessie watcher that the UFO that kidnapped everyone flew towards Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. But the way into the Stonehenge dungeon is blocked by an eraser. Then we can't get in there. It's a catch-22. Well, I mean... I wouldn't have immediately rushed to Stonehenge anyway, so I would have gone to the lab to investigate, uh, you know, the, see if there's that's, any evidence of where the abduction happened. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would do out of desperation after realizing that it was impossible to make progress in the game at this point. One way or another, that's where you end up. Yeah. The mouse is here, uh, and he has a incredible line that I don't have the full oh. thing pulled up. It's, uh, let me yeah. pull it up. Give it to us. I've been waiting for you. My master Apple Kid completed this eraser eraser machine. While he was calling you, he was kidnapped. He felt like this. <laughs> I was there, but was helpless. Sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> take this machine. Um, I, I, the, the, he, it, the, the line is, he felt like this with no spaces. It goes dot, 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 and then five exclamation marks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, incredible yeah it's a little ambiguous it, it feels like super ambiguous what oh it just feels like he's like pantomiming or something that we just yeah, can't yeah. see yeah <laughs> um and like consider in in uh, like a comic book or a novel or something if you wrote that it would make it would make no sense to the reader like imagine seeing that in in any other medium you would have no idea what's going on but because it's a game where you understand that the sprites are abstracted you know with limited animation and because th the 
text display has timing built into it. You can understand that those exclamation points refer to some kind of action or at least an expression on someone's face. They have some other referent that the you know resolution of the cartoony presentation can't display. So it's kind of incredible what's going on here. Mm. Love it. Love it. I love this mouse. It's a good mouse. This mouse it continues to be yet. one of the best characters in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but now we have the eraser eraser. Unless our inventory is full, in which case mouse says, I think this is an important item. Get rid of something you don't need and come back for it. I think this is an important item. It is. Very unassuming. Okay, mm-hmm. so now I've got the eraser eraser. I kind of want to know what the pencil eraser and eraser eraser look like. Yeah, that's a good question. Does Wikibound have art from a book or something? Surely not. If I if that existed, I would have seen it and it would be in my brain. I'm pulling it up. Did you know, while I'm doing this, that typing sounds... Um, Wikipedia has a really gross 3D render of Stonehenge that you can rotate on the website. Hmm. Mm. It looks that. like it was like 3D scanned, but like really low res, so it's all grunchy looking. <laughs> okay, well the gotta see the pencil eraser art looks like an octopus because of course. Ah. And then the eraser eraser is not linked to on this page. Come on, man. You make me type again. Get all that typing sound on the audio. Uh, it just looks like the child's doll. Uh, that is oh. the the Japanese pun. So, each <laughs> each of the items looks like the thing that it is supposed to erase. To hmm. some extent, yeah. Very me- like a mechanical version of it, with like a little satellite dish on it. It's quite an invention. So the Wikipedia model of Stonehenge doesn't have any, like, it should be locked on at least one axis because it is stuck in the ground, traditionally, Stonehenge <laughs> is. But it's this. not. And so the, like, what's gross about it is that I can rotate it on any axis. And so it ends up being displayed in ways that no human was ever meant to see Stonehenge. <laughs> Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> I will go into the cave. Uh, this and is I will a activate Cool Cave. The pencil eraser. Or the eraser eraser. Is there a message for if you try to erase the pe- eraser with the pencil eraser? I don't know. Hmm. When you erase the pencil statues, it says, for some weird reason, the iron pencil statue was erased. And uh, when you do it to the eraser statue, it says, for some reason, or yeah. For some reason, the iron eraser statue disappeared in an instant. Um, and then the, the the for some reason part is getting to me. Mm. But, We're not going to explain uh, the science of how this works. You just have to no. take us at our word that this works. Well, and like, it's kind of like in, I complained about this on our complete guide to Koholind. The scene where you in Link's Awakening give Terran the stick so he can knock down the honeycomb and 
the bees attack him and chase him away so you get the honeycomb the game says somehow your stick turned into a honeycomb you don't know how it happened but okay and (laughs) i feel like this is in the same lineage and there are probably other examples uh maybe specifically from japanese games where the joke is like I don't know what just happened, even though the player can tell what just happened. I used the pencil eraser. It's supposed mm-hmm. to make the pencil go away. Um, the like narrative voice expressing befuddlement. Shikata ganai. I don't like it. Shikata ganai. What is it? Shikata ganai. Can't be helped. It makes me think it is if a translation so. thing. I guess. Well, we'll solve that mystery on the next episode of the Complete Guide to Koholint. Maybe. You want to talk about this cave? Maybe. It's cool. Yeah, we got to talk about this cave. It's hard. It's like It's like the same tile set as the caves that we saw underneath Reed, but it's pulsating. Yes. Mm. It almost looks like like it's alive. I think it might not be exactly or like it is like what's going on under Reed, but I think Specifically, what unites it with the three tunnels is they don't depict the walls. All you see is the floor of this dungeon. And somehow that makes it more claustrophobic or something. Mm. Yeah, it's either more... Yeah, it feels like you're in space. Yeah. Or not in space, but walking around in blank space. Yeah, it, it cuts either way. It's like either you are representing... Some like very narrow tunnels that you are navigating, like a old like dungeon, like a like a, like an old like computer RPG dungeon, or it's meant to abstract it and make it feel more otherworldly, like you are kind of walking through space in some way. Mm-hmm. So you get to kind of read it either way, depending on how you feel about it. And either way, it I think it ends up feeling creepier than standard stone wall cave or of places with walls it sets it apart specifically from all the caves we've been to for the sanctuary dungeons which are very yeah drawn out like naturalistic Mm -hmm. caves this is something else and there are the star man makes his grand appearance they're back to fire a beam they love to do that (laughs) yeah this is a little intimidating after your first encounter with a star man it's very difficult. So now we have then. another enemy that's like previously a lieutenant we saw in this game that is now part of the the regular enemy crew. And mm. you know, um UFOs, whirling robos, uh Wooly Shamblers, I, I guess Wooly Sham like some of these enemies are they, they, you know, don't have any allegiance built into them. But the mooks that we recognize as being like the department star spook and the star men being we recognize as from the very beginning of the game. We're like, oh, yeah, those are Gygus's guys. Mm-hmm. And so the Gygus plot is being like the fact that the bad guy of the game is Gygus is being reinforced by the appearance of these sprites that we associate with specifically the Gygus story as opposed to just, oh, I don't know where octobots come from. Mm -hmm. 
they're also we're on the um, right track. Th- yes, you are. Yeah, <laughs> you're almost there. Yeah. The um, Stonehenge dungeon is very long. Yeah. Did did it strike anyone else as super long? It ends up having yeah, like I th- think. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it felt. It felt. Yeah. There's. It's a little bit maze like too. So I don't. You know. I don't yeah. have it memorized, and I. I went the wrong way a couple times, and it feels like you have to backtrack a lot if you go the wrong way because things are so far apart. Um, like the mm-hmm. little hubs mm-hmm. between the walkways are so far apart. So, yeah, it felt like it took a long time, and it's uh, it's intimidatingly maze-like. That tile set adds to the mazeness, I think, in that it becomes difficult yeah. to tell what room you're in. Yeah, and there's no and like yet... little pebbles or mushrooms or anything that you can use no. to remember where you came from. Plus. There are, at least in my run through just now, uh, a lot of magic butterflies spawning just walking around Hmm. in a way that you don't necessarily get in other dungeons where magic butterflies kind of get their own rooms. And I think that the placement of magic butterflies is there to... um, kind of excuse or enable how much of a slog this dungeon is like it's it can Mm -hmm. be so long because there are these like dangerous rest points where you'll get a magic butterfly once in a while there's also the uh one other enemy i want to talk about real quick while we're in this part is the atomic power robo ah yes which is a one of the many great robot designs in this video game where he looks like a barbecue basically <laughs> with like tendrils it has um, three legs right yeah yeah um this guy can shoot a beam or can completely heal uh an ally and uh mm-hmm. this guy in a lot of earlier playthroughs i have done of this game is arguably the one good enemy to use mirror on oh Mm. oh if you use mirror Pooh's mirror ability on this guy Pooh will then randomly completely heal party members so if you want free healing yeah you get into a fight with this guy and then you just keep defending while you wait for things to line up so that everybody is maximally healed awesome Uh, it's not that's good it's it's not as useful as you would think it's kind of a lot more work than it's worth but you can do Hmm. it it sounds fun or it's fun that you can do it yeah if you find yourself in a fight with one you can just wait it out and heal everybody (laughs) before beating it Uh uh-huh but then you have to like take the hit at the end because they always explode at the end or run away but Mm. that's cowardly oh i could have been running (laughs) away from them all this time when I was a kid, I ran away from so many fights. I was extremely underleveled the first <laughs> time I beat this video game. Mm. Wow. Uh, you can just run from everything and still beat the game. It's good. <laughs> wow. Um, I never thought no, of that. No, these... Just the, sh- the barbecue shape of these guys fills me with dread because they're <laughs> replenishing their own health and the health of their 
robotic allies can be so annoying. Yeah. And you know that you're just bashing and bashing them so that they can explode and take out a bunch of your HP. <laughs> um, they're one of the meanest enemies. Um, and yet they provide this cool exploit that I never thought about before. Wow. What a fascinating creature. <laughs> also, the name Atomic Power Robot uh, is... There's something weird about it to me. Like, just the the fact that atomic power is scary. It doesn't have to actually mm-hmm. do anything atomic-y. <laughs> and in fact, I, I wonder what the fuel supply of an atomic power robot would be that it needs to replenish on things. What fuel does it insert into people with those creepy tentacles? Hmm. So much to unpack with the atomic power robot, and we unpacked all of it. What else? I think that's it for this front section. Um, but this is a dungeon that has like three discrete sections, basically. So basically, you, you get out of the weird pulsating cave, and you get into something that's kind of the like a factory tile set, but like way different. Well, it's the bowels of Cloud City, right? Oh, I guess. I didn't think of it as that, but kind of. I think that's it's like what, the base part think, of this Stonehenge base. I think whoever designed this probably saw Empire Strikes Back. And <laughs> I want to look um, at this now because I've never thought of it as that. And I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. There's a lot of catwalks to just. Oh, I see what you're I see what space. you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a broken harmonica at the end of one of these catwalks for you to pick up and be like, now you think, oh my gosh, Jeff is going to turn this broken harmonica into something so cool. (laughs) I think it's a weapon. I think I have it. I think it is. You fixed it already? I am a little overleveled. It's the baddest beam. Oh my gosh. That sounds good. Yeah, it's the baddest. So here Uh, in this section... We run into a new enemy. Oh, oh, yeah. This is what it means to go beyond Starman. Uh, we run into the Starman Super. You get the palette swap in the same dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starman Super is a very famous enemy in this video game. Yes. Uh, this video game yes, has a mechanic that we haven't really talked about too much that we're going to talk about right now. Okay. Um. So like a lot of games... A lot of RPGs. You have monsters. Well, please explain this whole concept to us. I'm, that will have hard to get items, and Earthbound is no exception. But Earthbound like takes it to an extreme where there are many enemies in the game that have a one in one hundred twenty-eight chance of dropping a rare item. Uh, the most famous all of the them, item drop possibilities are expressed as. Um, like one half or one fourth or one over two to the end. Um, yeah. And so the most famous example is that the Starman Super here has the only weapon that Pooh can use in the entire game, which is the Sword of Kings. Um, none of us tried to get it this time, right? Nope. I was thinking about it. I, I was it. being superstitious in so far as I was thinking. 
oh, I better make sure Jeff spies on all these Starman supers. Mm. If I had been playing on an emulator that had save states, I would have done it. But I am playing on my analog pocket where I don't have save states. And so that saved me from wasting several hours of my life trying to do this. Well, and I would have, or I was thinking about how, you know, the Switch Virtual Console lets you um, rewind and stuff. But I don't know when the RNG happens. And so I wasn't going to put myself in a situation where, you know, I'm fighting the same Starman Super over and over again. And it actually isn't re-rolling. Yep. Since I don't know how that works, then, you know. Mostly. I I was close to wanting to get the Sword of Kings. I mostly would just utilize the save states because if you you can just do this for hours and you just end up over-leveling too much when you do it. Mm. I've I've, I've been like level 90 on attempts of doing this and it's like okay cool i got this weapon that i don't need anymore because i'm 30 levels higher than i need (laughs) to be to beat the video game um or it can happen randomly on your first try Mm -hmm. so i've sent you the link of all of the 128 items in this game i have to brag real quick that in the uh deep darkness a i think a huge pile of puke dropped a meteotite which i looked it up and it's a two out of 128 that's pretty good one out of 64 a chance and yeah i'm i'm proud of that that would happen because i'm so good at this video game uh but let's look at some of these 100 there's more than i thought there were there's a lot like 30 (laughs) there's a lot of them and a lot of them are like useless it's like an attack slug from like the first sanctuary could drop a bomb but like Hmm. You're not going to grind that out. What? You know? Uh, no, you're not going to grind that out. Um, PSI caramels yeah. from anything. That's so, like, PSI caramels aren't even useful in the moment. Uh, what is meteornium that you can get from the plain crocodile? Those are, it's like the meteor type. It's just a thing you can sell. But how much does it sell for? I don't remember. A thousand dollars. Um, a thousand dollars is pretty good when you uh, are fighting the plain crocodile. Um, the media tight that I got from the big pile of puke sells for two thousand dollars, which, when you're in deep darkness, is a joke. Two thousand dollars accidentally falls out of my pocket because I'm walking through the slime. Uh, secret herb from Violent Roach is almost a joke. Um, da, 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 let's see exterminator spray from mad taxi that's funny hmm. i don't know why that's so funny to me the big ones um, at the end are like the some of the best weapons in the game i think all the best weapons in the game come from drop wow. no 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 one that doesn't because uh, super plush bear drops from, from the mighty bear seven I oh love that. that's cute okay broken antenna from uncontrollable sphere uh, that, that one's a nightmare jeff's to best weapon just yeah. jeff's the best weapon um, and Gutsy Bat from Bionic Kraken is Ness's best weapon, hmm. right? Yeah, but it's an enemy that only shows up on, I think, one screen in the game, and I I don't know that I've ever fought one of these. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, I must have fought one of that some... I, I don't remember. Um, but I'm also seeing... Where was it? A magic fry pan from Champasaur. Is that Paula's best weapon? So no, 
Um, okay. But I have gotten this one before. I got this on my very first playthrough uh, somehow, randomly. Wow. And I thought it was the best one, but it is a Casey Bat-esque weapon for oh, Paula. No. Oh my gosh, it is! Or it, wait, misses one-fourth of the time. It's so not, it's not as, as bad, bad, but it's still... Uh, and I think it's weaker than her actual best weapon, but it has more guts, like a Casey Bat. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, like, Paula, you don't necessarily want bashing things anyway. Depends. It's but not yeah. your best use of Paula's turn most of the time. Um, huh. Okay. But anyway, uh, just, a, just a funny thing that some of these, you know, in... In some other RPG, you might be able to, like, steal these. Here, the best you can do is you can spy on enemies ahead of time and see if they have it before you waste the time to do the fight. It's really interesting the... that they choose to do this with some of the best items in the game, especially considering it was, like, pre-internet guides. And well, okay, the experience well, would have been different than it is today. Absolutely, it would have been different. I mean, when you think about it in pre-internet terms, it actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. In, in internet terms, if you do this in a game, you're telling people, like, because the wiki exists as soon as the game is released, <laughs> you're telling people, okay, if you want the best weapon, grind forever. Your life sucks. Yeah, that's horrible. In, you know, 1995, when you hide these very difficult-to-find things, what you're doing is you're creating the... Mew under the truck myth because one kid is gonna get the gutsy bat and say no i swear there's a gutsy bat like it's an experience that you got had because you were really lucky and nobody thinks well then i better grind for that gutsy bat they're just like mm -hmm. wow the world is full of mysteries yeah that's I, what was possible in the 90s. The, the caveat, some of our listeners won't be aware that the world had mystery in it at some mm -hmm. point. The caveat there, though, is that that's more representative of what a Japanese player would have. Because remember, in America, this did come with a guide that said uh, most, oh, wait, most right. of this information. No, no, no not all of them. That like the, I, the, the player's guide does talk about some of these big ticket items, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mention that the attack slug can drop a bomb huh. one out of 128 <laughs> times. The The full extent of this has only been uncovered through people poking around at the code over the yeah. years and going, huh. I wonder how many people use the guide. I didn't know about it or didn't use it, at least, when I played this in the 90s. And I... No, I rented it, so I wouldn't have had the guide yeah. for the first long while that I was playing it. Then when I had the guide, it's not like I consulted it all the time while I was playing. It was more like I paged through it just because I liked the game so much, mm. but I wouldn't have committed it all to memory or even read the entire guide just because I had it. Um because so much of it is, I'd, I'd be like, well, I know this. I'm not reading the, oh, this whole page. Oh, this is just facts and figures. I don't need to read that page. Oh, this is just uh, scratch and sniff cards that don't work. <laughs> Never mind. I think my scratch and sniff cards still work. I'd have to go figure out what box they're in. 
in my memory, the scratch and sniff cards all smell like the same thing. I mean, yeah, it's but not. I, I have the i i I brought the guide from America to Australia for the purposes of this podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, it's in this room somewhere, but I can't see it at the yeah, moment. Mine is in a like plastic sealed bag because uh, I read it That's so much smart. that it fell apart. Aww. <laughs> mine is almost falling apart, but it's not in any plastic sealed bag. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, we're gonna do an episode about the guide. We yeah, yeah, we should we should come back here. and do that at some point. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, none of us kings. got the sword of kings. Nope. No, and I kind of regret it. I feel I, I part of my thinking was for this podcast I should get the Sword of Kings for once. But I didn't. I I've done it before. Uh I and I would have done it this time like I said, but I just I didn't have an emulator set up in a way that would make it easy and I didn't want to overlevel. Now, I want to say this to people out there in podcast land. Gosh, I hope people are listening to this podcast. If you are playing a game and you notice, like, you get some information that leads you to c- conclude, oh, then I have to grind for X, please change your way of thinking. You don't have to grind for X. You can just not have X. Mm-hmm. You can do cooler stuff with your life. Make something. Make your own Don't X. grind. Make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make don't grind. That's the yeah the emblem of this podcast. I'm gonna change the cover art to just say make, comma don't grind. That'll be our merch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so we get past the Cloud City part, and then we go into the possibly seizure-inducing part, where you're in a maze that keeps blinking out and out in and out of vision, like uh. Mega Man level, or those blocks in Mega Man that I don't know what they're called. I don't... I also don't know what they're called, but everybody knows what you're talking about. And it's a cool, like... (laughs) The game manages to have a puzzle, kind of, in that you have to navigate this maze that you can't see all the time and go by memory for part of it. It's it's cool, Mm -hmm. I like it. It's a new challenge. Uh, there's another broken thing in this dungeon somewhere. Um, another broken instrument. Oh, yeah. Is the broken trumpet here? Yeah. Um, and this will turn into the defense shower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, cool. Cool. Oh, and if I have enough IQ to fix the heavy bazooka, then I have enough to fix the broken trumpet awesome who put this trumpet here anyway Uh, just just an idle thought (laughs) (laughs) it kind of makes me wonder if the trumpet and bazooka if we're gonna get into this is it literally a broken trumpet that jeff is like uh i could put Uh hp juice or defense juice in it and it could be a defense shower or is it somehow already more than a trumpet hmm it yeah, like just that looks like a trumpet, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a broken defense shower yeah. that looks like a broken trumpet to anyone else, but Jeff knows what's up. Huh, These are all Ness's item descriptions, where he's like, yeah. "What is that? A trumpet?" <laughs> yeah. And Jeff's like, "You fool! It is a, dis- a defense shower." <laughs> Obviously. 
<laughs> That's cool. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Look, th- th- try help on some of these items. A broken apparatus that is shaped like a trumpet. Uh, there a you go. A broken device that looks like a harmonica. Yep. Okay. There you go. There you go. We Why solved does it. it look like a harmonica? Uh, and anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into the next room where there's a bunch of dudes in text tubes. There's a bunch of schmoes in some tubes. Wait, wait, you got to get the exit mouse first. Not me. I, I can't because he's still with Tracy. Oh, okay. For me, the exit mouse room was a little breather before the, the terrifying end of this dungeon. Yeah, it is. It's it's a good uh, pacing device for the exit mouse to be there. But mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, I saw it purely in practical terms mm-hmm. and said, oh, I don't need that. Fair enough. Just wave the mouse away. Then a room of tubes with people tubes. in them. And possibly this was the first time I noticed that you can talk to the tubes oh. and they talk to you. Yeah, it's kind of disturbing with some of them. Yeah. Some of them can't breathe. Um, the Mr. Saturn says, K.O. can breathe. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> he's just realizing that he can't breathe. Oh. <laughs> Although, I like, does bloop, is bloop the sound of someone asphyxiating? I thought it was just the sound of water moving or bubbles. Yeah, that's what I would think. Uh, but someone says, can't last much longer. Ugh. Apple Kid, like, points you to the next room because he, like, is like, hey, yeah. get over there and yeah. save us. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, for for oh. completionist's sake, the, the people yeah. being stored here are Sebastian, Tony, mm-hmm. Mr. Mm-hmm. Saturn, Dr. Ann Donuts, uh, a farmer, Mr. T. <laughs> yeah. Apple Kid and a hippie. Yeah. I've never done the research to see if, like, these two other characters <laughs> are, like, pulled from anywhere else in the game, and I'm not gonna. Um, Look forward I, to my I ROM hack where Farmer Mr. T and Hippie are hanging out. I like it. Jeez. <laughs> um, now, uh, okay, Tony. Applicant, Dr. Andonuts, um, and Sebastian are all abducted from Winters, obviously. Yeah. Mr. Saturn, I mean, I know of a Mr. Saturn who lives outside of Saturn Valley, but one tends to think, like, it's not like there was a Mr. Saturn at the lab before. Mm-hmm. We're meant to think, I think, that this Mr. Saturn was abducted from not winters but from saturn valley Mm -hmm. and you know i it's impossible to say where farmer mr t was on his farm Um, or he does have like a almost southern accent like a you know uh yeah yeah he does not sound if they're trying to if they want us to believe that he's from england yeah or from winters they would not give him that accent right good point uh so you know like i we'll get to it let's talk about these guys more after we free them from their tubes yep okay let's follow apple kid's advice and go into the next room there's a star okay. man here is his sprite the same as all the other starman sprites yes okay his overworld sprite is correct yeah. uh he's standing in front of like a cool looking orb mm. yeah mechanical orb with 
tubes poking out. Yeah. Uh, I don't have his speech, but I know how to pull it I up. will pull it up for you. I'm trying to. Yeah. You're much stronger than our intelligence indicated. We were not prepared for that eventuality. The prophecy from the apple of enlightenment may be true, but you must not underestimate us. Hmm. Apple of enlightenment. Apple of enlightenment. Let's get into that after we fight this guy. It's the Starman Deluxe. He's here. He's, he's got spikes. He's got spikes. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> ask Rob Liefeld how to make this guy look cool. Um, just the absolute most 90s version of the stronger guy. Yeah. Is the one with spikes on his shoulders. It works. Um, and I was, like, I when I went into this fight, I was like, well... Every fight I thought was hard up to this point has turned out to be much easier than I was expecting in this playthrough, at least. So this might turn out to be really easy, but I should probably go all out anyway and destroy this mm -hmm. uh, Starman, like not not pull any punches. And in fact, the Starman Deluxe beat me up bad. Oh, yeah, you got to fight hard, too, because you walked all this way and you didn't save in a while, so. Yeah. It's very intimidating. Um, but you did it, right? I I ended up cheating. <laughs> I had to rewind. Specifically when... Um, I think I accidentally had... Okay, so Starman Deluxe used Starstorm on me like twice in a row. Everyone's dead except for Ness who has one HP. Wow. Ness uses a couple life noodles on Pooh. And now Pooh is up. And then, like the next turn, I accidentally had Ness use the couple of life, the other couple of life noodles on Poo again, Ooh. Uh, because I just was so overwhelmed by what a tough battle it mm -hmm. was. And that's when I said, "Well, I'm not gonna." <laughs> that yeah, was that a, can't such be a how this move. ends. I'm okay with rewinding. Um, <laughs> and it was thrilling enough anyway. It was it was really tough. Yeah. Huh. It wasn't. That I got tough to pull out Zach's advice about the neutralizer being broken um because i used the neutralizer to neutralize shield beta that they kept on uh, using yeah so thank you the zach yeah the, the downside is that you lose your own shields but like it's much more important to be on the offense anyways yeah um, it's messed up that starman deluxe uses star storm it's messed up that's like again storytelling with the battle interface and not like any kind of specific storytelling, but just a monster has a power that for story reasons, you know, this monster shouldn't be able to have. And that makes the monster scarier hmm. regardless of how powerful the power is, but it also is really powerful. Yeah. But he is a star man. It does kind of make sense. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Almost. Who shouldn't be using yeah. Star Storm? He's appropriating it from the Star Mans. Mm -hmm. That checks out. Star Man Deluxe can summon Star Man Supers, right? Gotta fight stars with stars. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like it was Star Man Deluxe summons a Star Man Super so that the Star Man Super can use Shield Beta on the team, so that the Star Man Deluxe can use his turns to mm. kill you. That's the impression I got. 
Yeah, it can be rough. It can it can snowball pretty quick. Yes. But uh, you guys aren't describing your experiences, so they weren't as thrilling as yeah, mine. Yeah, I don't think I had. We yeah, I didn't have too much trouble with this. Uh, I don't remember how it went very much. Uh, I think realizing there was a shield that would reflect magic was rough because <laughs> I did not. Uh-huh. I did not. That did not get in uh, to my awareness at first. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too hard. It was like a normal boss. It felt like a normal boss to me. Yeah, I didn't have any difficulty really. I, I think I had good RNG, and I'm just a little over leveled. I don't think anybody died. So, uh, at this point, Pooh has the ability to resurrect for in my game at least. So that helped. Um. Now, Pooh can resurrect with uh healing gamma. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Uh, I was noticing that um, I think Poog ended up getting Healing Omega at near the end of this, maybe after we fought uh, Starman Deluxe. And I was like, wait, when does Ness get Healing Omega? He never gets Healing Omega. He does not. Um, That's so cool. And like, only Poog gets Thunder Omega? Hmm. I I never thought about it very much, and actually now I'm going to check Brain Shock. Oh, only Pooh gets any form of Brain Shock. Gosh. Hmm. Um, the, the I guess this stuff always went over my head, or I never paid that much attention to what uh, each uh, what each character gets. But like, wow. Ness is the only one who gets paralysis or hypnosis. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. In my mind, they all kind of melt together, and it's like, well, there's all those other powers that everybody has access to, but, like, everyone has a signature spell, and Pooh ends up being better at healing than Ness. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but only Ness gets life up Omega, I see. Yeah cool that's it's that's so cool (laughs) i guess that's normal magic system stuff for this kind of rpg but it's rad yeah so we beat starman deluxe and the stonehenge base functioning oh yeah the starman deluxe doesn't say something cool the narrator just tells us something that doesn't make a lot of sense yeah just take our word for it also, yeah, I don't and... know how you know that, but anyway, good good job. <laughs> and so we, you know, the cessation of function in the Stonehenge base means that everybody just is ejected from their tubes. Mm-hmm. And now they're walking around the tube room and they tell us some important information. I'm searching the text stump for the word Milken. I was kidnapped while milking a cow on my farm. I didn't think they'd get a ransom by kidnapping little old me. That's Mr. T saying yeah, that. Yeah, of course. We got Farmer T here. <laughs> um, I believe it's Sebastian who says, I was scared, but I knew I'd be saved if I courageously just sat here and waited long enough. That's what I thought, but I began to lose hope. I'm so glad you saved me after all. Yeah, what, it's, it's a whole journey in there. The whole the, story. 
the pause at if I courageously just sat here and waited long enough mm-hmm. again, like we're really far enough into the game that they don't have to be doing such a good job. Yeah. This is where it should have all turned into generic, boring prose mm-hmm. without interesting characters just moving things forward to the end of the game so we can say it's done. Mm-hmm. But you get guys like Sebastian yeah. who really give it to you. Love Sebastian. Zach, do you want to tell us what the hippie says? This is the happiest moment of my life. No matter what happens, I will live, live, live 10,000 years. <laughs> Thanks for all that you've done. Wow. <laughs> That's what you want to hear when you save someone from a tube. <laughs> and you're like, who are um, you again? I, f- <laughs> I forget what uh, the Mr. Saturn says. Uh, kidnapped, happy, rescued. I give you ribbon. Oh, yeah. And then you get the Saturn, Saturn ribbon. ribbon. They're so nice. Uh... We get the information from Apple Kid, where he says, I expected there to be about a 7% chance that you would rescue me. I just thought it was a good opportunity to meet Mr. Saturn. I also got to meet Dr. Ananuts. See you. And then there's like a, a pause. And he says, what? You're looking for the book Overcoming Shyness? I returned it to the Onnit Library. Please use the book to help the Shaitenda tribe. Anyway, because I knew you, I had an incredible experience. Wow, I was kidnapped by some of Gygus's toadies. Wow. You're welcome. He, yeah, so he was a very responsible person and returned his book to the library on time. <laughs> Meaning we could have skipped this whole thing and just gone the book. Oh, yeah. Is there just one library? I mean, he doesn't live there. There must... Does everyone just have to go to that library? Uh Possibly, I mean, like, we don't know which of the many buildings we can't enter in these various True. towns. Might be a library. Um, they didn't have it at the For Onnit some reason. Or the Tucson branch. Yeah, it seems to me like Overcoming Shyness could be the kind of book that is not at every library because it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, true. But there's, there's, we, we can't go there yet. We have to talk to Tony, too. Although, you know what? I want to, the fact that it's from the Onet Library is good because lest we forget apple kid lives in tucson yeah yeah okay that's part of the equation that i was forgetting yeah that's that's why it's so weird for him it was in the next town over it's not Mm -hmm. like i i checked it out from the onet library while working in winters anyway who else is here some guy with a hat tony I thought you were forgetting Tony at first, and I was going to let you because I feel like part of Tony's fate in this world is to be forgotten about. But yeah, Ooh. we can talk about Tony. He's here. Uh, yeah, he, Jeff. He doesn't say Jeff, much buddy. If, if you have Jeff with you, right? He just says, oh me, oh my, you came to rescue me, pal. Um, he said, but then he said, oh, Ness, uh, I, I'm Tony. I'm Jeff's best friend. I've known him for the longest time. I can't help but, like, read that as kind of aggressive. Like, whoever you are, you're not Tony's, you're not Jeff's best friend. Yeah, definitely. But. But if Jeff's not there, there's, I, I didn't know this, but the, te- the, the text dump right after that has text that says, where's Jeff? 
You've altered You've Jeff's altered destiny? Jeff's destiny. Bring back Jeff. Bring back my friendship with Jeff. Jeff, Jeff. He gets real intense. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting to find. That would have been very uh, off-putting to have to see that text. Where does... where What does Dr. Andonet say? Isn't he here? Oh, yeah. Uh, He mentions... That he's going to start the working on the phase disorder immediately. Oh, yeah. Though I don't know where that text is. Since our imprisonment is over, I want to start on the phase disorder as soon as possible. Oh, I almost forgot to thank you. Thank you. Don't worry about us. You've got important things to do. Yeah. That's a good enough. get out of this dungeon line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do anything else here. I promise. Uh, We should go to Onnit. Yeah, we got to walk all the way back out. Well, you did. You had an exit mouse. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) See? Uh, Yeah, I walked all the way back out. It didn't bother me. And then I teleported to... Wait, didn't I go to the lab first? Or maybe I knew that there was nothing for me in the lab. Oh, I needed to heal. Mm. So I went into the instant revitalization device. Nice. And then I... Walked to, uh, or I teleported to Onet. Uh, it is very good that they force the player to go back to the tutorial building. Yeah. Yes. They they decided. Oh no, we're we're making you go back there for plot reasons. It's good. It's very nostalgic. And it's nostalgic again. The the backtracking adds to your appreciation of the game and the story and the world you're like oh yeah this place gosh when i was here i was level one Mm. now i'm level 50 you're forced to notice that you've been playing a game now you can afford to buy that house (laughs) that's true (laughs) i didn't do that I did it way earlier than this. Didn't I? I went. I think I did. You played that stupid challenge where you grounded until you had enough money to buy it before you left for Tucson. No, but I went back at some point. Unless I didn't. Maybe I didn't buy the house. I should probably find out. You go into the library and mask person there uh, who, like, foreshadowingly wouldn't talk to you when you first came to the library um i forget how much they set up the book overcoming shyness uh but like what does that person say originally um uh yeah when you somebody calls him i think the narrator calls him a strong silent type or something like that oh a man of few words man of few it's useless words. talking to him now that's kind the only saying, foreshadowing uh, we get yeah yeah uh, but then when you come to him now, oh, hi, Ness. It's another nice day. What? You'd like the book Overcoming Shyness? I've read it. It's a great book. So you want to overcome shyness also? You should be able to find it on the bookcase. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> the game says, forget you. You got to go find that book. Good luck. There's no card catalog. There's no, no Dewey <laughs> Decimal System here. You have to interact with the environment you have to check the shelves 
this is a part where um, you can't use the L button to auto check stuff because it will default to talking to oh, a yeah. girl, and so you have to actually if you're if you're a power gamer like me, <laughs> then you here can't use your cool strategy of the L button. Um, and is it always in the same place, or is it always in the last possible place? It's always in the same place. Okay. Um. And it's like this not kind too of, deep in, so your your chance of yeah. just like getting to it pretty soon it's it's not that onerous. I can I kind of remember finding it on my first try at some point, uh, but I wasn't sure about that. And this time around, it seemed like oh, did they put it? Did they make it so that I had to check six different things? Anyway, this kind of puzzle, like make sure go around the library and find the right book, is a puzzle from the first chapter of an RPG game. They are making you do the like tutorial mission thing here in the tutorial building. I think that's part of why it's so funny to hmm. me. Cause can you imagine if like, if there were bookshelves in the Dr. Annette's lab and Apple kids said, Oh yeah, I put the overcoming shyness book back on one of Dr. Annette's shelves. It would feel so strange to be, looking through all those shelves at that part of the game. Yeah. But like it, it, it makes sense in the context of the first town to me. Hmm. I'm trying to like wrap my head around it. It feels very, I can't think of the word for it. I want to say like game ick where like mm. there's an elemental nature to the fact that no, this is the library level <laughs> in this yeah. video game. And if you need a book, you have to go to the library level. We're not going to yeah. put a book somewhere else. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that they made it a book on purpose? They could. It could have been any kind of like key item that unlocks the next area. And they chose, to, first of all, they chose to make you get something that helps get rid of shyness. It didn't have to be a book in the first place. It makes I think it, it, to my mind, it probably came about as like the joke of we're going to make you go back like at this part of this, at this stage in the story, 90% of the way through the game, we're going to force you to go back to the first town mm -hmm. to get some stupid thing. And that's the joke. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's not just a joke. It's also more like more of the revisiting old places and reflecting well, sure. on where you've been yeah that's like the theme of this episode <laughs> <laughs> uh but it like i i think it started out as what can we what can we make you need at point x that you have to go back to point a to get mm -hmm. and Probably it was constructed to be like, like making making the tendas need it, who are this such a weird alien thing, uh, something like that to juxtapose with the totally homely library book mm -hmm. thing for the mm -hmm. maximum effect. It's also making it feel like the game is starting to wrap up. Yeah, yes, a lot. Well, we got the book. Well, I. I got the book. Yeah. We should I'm go. I'm going to teleport to... I'm going to hopefully notice that there's a third page of teleport destinations. 
so I don't fall <laughs> deep darkness and then walk all the way through there. Yeah. And I'm going to take the book to the main Tenda, who we mentioned that the Tenda leader has kind of a mustache. I don't think we mentioned that he has horns. No, that's the other thing about that one. What a cool guy. Yeah. No wonder he's, he's a cool leader. guy. I assume that he smokes a cigar. <laughs> or like a little pipe. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Also, the like the like board meeting room, like the, <laughs> whatever where he holds court, mm-hmm. um, is a big rock, and there are mushrooms growing nearby in what appears to be like the mayor's office of Tenda Village. Yeah, That's so cute. Mm-hmm. The mayor's um, alcove. <laughs> you give the book to the mayor. And he's like, wow, thank you for bringing us this book. Even just holding it in my hands, I feel like I'm getting less shy. <laughs> it's really good. Psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do we automatically like move forward today or do we have to go rest? I think it's automatic. I don't remember. I, I feel like there's text that says the mayor read the book Overcoming Shyness to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just automatic in a way that, yeah, mm-hmm. a, a, a implied cutscene happens where he reads the book to everybody, and then you awake the next day, and everybody is uh, lively and engaged Hooray. in their community. Good book. Must be the, um, oh, like critically, the leader gives you in response. Or in thanks, some tendacrout. Tendacrout is a type of dish that all tend to like. It stinks, but it tastes wonderful. <laughs> and then it says, Ness lends the leader of the Tenda tribe the book Overcoming Shyness. Just to establish that the Overcoming Shyness book is now in the possession of the leader of the Tenda tribe, in case you happen to care about that. Mm-hmm. We got to keep track of the sort of thing, you know. I mean, some people do. I'm sure some people don't care where a library book is. I, the librarian definitely cares. I would assume. Uh, well, did you check get, it out uh, with your card? Because then you should probably keep an eye on it. It's not a library card. It's an ATM card. <laughs> uh, then we get... Um, it. So you get the tenda crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. Then the photo man shows up and takes a photo. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't get control back. It's just all a continuous set of events where you have the conversation, you hand over the book, you get the tenda crowd, the photo man flies down and takes a photo, and then you get a call from, like, the narrator? Oh, right, I forgot. Is there I, a phone a phone ringing? I don't, there might not even be a phone ringing. I don't remember there being I, a phone I don't ringing. think so. I thought this was still the I leader. was really confused by who was talking to yeah. me. It could be the leader talking, yeah. Uh, and you were asked to double check the player name that you gave to Tony, like four mm-hmm. hours ago. Um, yes, I think I didn't check this prior to the podcast, and I probably should have. But I believe the thing is that in Japanese, you have to spell it out with a different alphabet. It's like the oh, first. That could be the, like the first time is hiragana and the second time is katakana, hmm. um, because it displays it both later on mm-hmm. in the game. Hmm. Okay. 
I believe that's what's happening here, but obviously okay. we only have one English alphabet mm-hmm. that, um, you know of. That, that I know of. And uh, so, well, that beat's still in the story, so instead of entering it again, it just copies it over and says, would you double check this? <laughs> Which is like cute and ominous. Yeah. It's very good. And considering, like, both times they give you a lot of, like, outs as far as, are you sure this is what you want it to be? Are you sure this is what you want it to be? Two or three times they double check in just this conversation. It seems really important that you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they're trying to, like, make sure you're not putting in something dumb? (laughs) Yeah, they, I I mean, I, I like that idea that they think maybe you weren't taking it seriously before yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. that you see it again in a different context you're like oh wait uh <laughs> tony's not here so you know it's more important now yeah right it could be tony again he's free he's not doing anything mm. we just rescued him i almost think if you it shook me out of bed a few days ago before i played this part of the game again I might have told you that Tony gets you to confirm this after you rescue him in the base. Hmm. (laughs) And it's not the weird phone call from narrator here where it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. That that would also be kind of... Go ahead. When Tony asks you originally, it's like a transition from a normal phone call to like, hey, I'm talking to you, the player, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So this felt to me the same way where you're talking to the leader of the Tenda and then... Uh, you know, something else happens, a photo guy appears, but then maybe it's the same. It's like the conversation just sort of expands outward and is talking to you. That's how it felt to me. There's like one so more now thing. That, oh, go ahead. Yeah? I'm, I was going to say now that the king has been healed and all the people are no longer shy, we can like talk to everybody. Yeah. But yeah. there's one more thing. Oh, uh, we can talk to people real quick. There's some, There's some stuff around here. Uh, no, I uh, said that kind of ironically because oh. I saved right after I got out of this long cutscene oh. and I forgot to talk to all the people in town. Okay, well, tell you what, I'm like parched. We've been podcasting for like an hour and a half now. Um, I need something to drink. Yeah. Zach? Ryan? You showed us in the chat this picture of Onette and it says can of fruit juice and there's an arrow out in front of the uh arcade and you oh. said this would come up on the episode oh no that now, was you just... explained this png to me right now oh that's on that i linked y'all to the page on the walkthrough uh where they <laughs> in addition to telling you where all the one in 128 items are they have here's the best spot to grind for that item because people have <laughs> taken it as a challenge to try and get all of the 128 items wow um, and it just was really Jeez. funny to look at. And when I yeah, that's clicked on that, I said, picture. that's a funny looking image. Yep. That's all. Correct. Okay, thanks. Okay, I'm really parched, though. I need something you to know drink. No, we forgot to talk about? What? The Apple of Enlightenment. 